was made in another part of London, Highbury, and it was in partnership with Ferdinand Montero, who was introduced to me by old Professor Williams of St. Perpetua's Hospital. Montero was half English, half Mexican, a fine, high-spirited fellow of my own age, brilliant, clever, and full of all the subtlety and resource which resulted in the mixture of English and Mexican blood. He and I got on excellently from the first. Our aims and ambitions were similar, and we were both full of enthusiasm for our profession. We bought an old established practice in the neighbourhood of Highbury, and did well. Our patients were of a solid, highly respectable class. City people, who never allowed their accounts to lie on the table unpaid. So far as business was concerned, we had no cause for complaint or anxiety. Nor for the first year of our partnership had we any reason to be dissatisfied with our relations as co-partners. We lived together and carried our friendship to a degree of brotherhood. There was never a difference between us, even on minor points. I grew to be very fond of Ferdinand Montero. He was always full of good spirits and was the most brilliant conversationalist I ever knew. Wherever he went, he was a favourite, and at that time we went out a good deal into society. Montero was a handsome man, tall, dark even to swarthiness, with the flashing eyes of his Mexican father, and the grace of movement that had come down to him from the Spanish strain in his blood. He had many accomplishments, and would have made his fortune as a musician if he had not been a doctor. I felt myself very much in the shade whenever I went anywhere with him, for his brilliant conversation, handsome features, and musical voice monopolised the attention of everybody. Fond as he was of life and amusement, Montero was a hard-working student, and read whenever he could snatch an hour or two from night or day. He had one pet subject, toxicology and got together a small collection of rare works dealing with it. He paid what I thought to be outrageous amounts for some of these old books, but one or two of them were almost unique and indispensable to him in the work he had in hand, which was a treatise dealing with the history of the secret poisoners. He laboured hard and constantly at this, and accumulated vast stores of learning in relation to it. He did not expect to publish his book for many years, but he often spoke of the fame it must eventually bring him, for it was to be the book on the subject. Gradually I got to share his enthusiasm, but I never helped him in his studies, for I was at that time engaged heart and soul in my own treaties on the treatment of fever patients, and had no time to spare for toxicology. In fact, I came to regard Montero's work as of rather a fanciful nature, though I took care never to say so to him. About twelve months after the beginning of our partnership, we were called upon to prescribe for old General Rexworthy, a retired Indian officer who lived in Highbury New Park, and it was during our visits to the General that we made the acquaintance of his only daughter, Lillian. I need not say anything of her in the way of description, because I had the pleasure of introducing her to you this evening as my wife. It was a case of love at first sight with me, and before many weeks had passed, I had arrived at the conclusion that life was not worth living unless Lillian Rexworthy shared it with me. 
By that time, the general had recovered his health, but we constantly dropped in at his house for a chat or a game of chess with him, and also met him and his daughter at the houses of mutual friends. Lillian and I got on well together from the first. There seemed to be a sort of kindred feeling between us, and after a time I had no doubt that my love was returned. For all that, I do not think that anyone had any idea how matters stood with us. Certainly Montero had no notion that I was in love with Lillian Rexworthy, for I'd never breathed a word to him of my hopes, nor had I noticed that he himself paid Lillian any special attention, though he called at the Rexworthy's house perhaps oftener than I, and was very fond of seeking Lillian's advice on questions relating to music. There is no need to go into the history of my courtship, and I shall therefore only tell you that within six months of my first meeting with Lillian Rexworthy,